that's where we're coming from with ripple effect images is you know let's really shine a light on what's working let's really elevate and amplify the change makers that are getting it done um and they might be you know they might be working at a relatively local level within their community right now in the same way that in an in an organization they might be working just within their team but if you can find ways to ripple that out if you can find ways to replicate what's working then you can see a real shift in performance hi and welcome to helping people perform the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams and organisations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Delighted to be joined today, all the way from Virginia, over in the States. Uh, we have Executive Director at Ripple Effect Images. Welcome to the show, Liz Bloomfield. Welcome, Liz. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I think we've got some amazingly interesting topics to cover off as we, we talk today about what you do and how you do it. Um, but before we get into that, um, can we just talk a little bit about your background in terms of what got you to where you are today? Yeah, suffice to say, I've had quite um, a winding path in terms of my career. Um, I started out in the British Army, um, spent about eight years serving, um, including deployments overseas to Iraq and, and elsewhere. Mm. After I left the military, I worked uh, for the police for a few years, the UK police force, uh, as well as in the corporate sector for Siemens Wind Power in the renewable energy field. And then when I moved to the US about coming up for 10 years ago, I made another transition into the humanitarian sector, um, really motivated by my commitment to serving people who are facing really significant challenges in their life, um, following up on experience that I, experiences that I'd had really early in my career during my time in the military. And so over the last um, eight years or so, uh, I've worked on the protection of civilians trapped in conflict situations. I've worked on supporting people who have been affected by natural disasters such as hurricanes and earthquakes and I now lead Ripple Effect Images which is a non-profit focused on using visual storytelling so that's photography, film, animation, graphic design, all different visual ways in which to communicate and we do that to shine a light on solutions empowering women and children globally. What we're really conscious of is how many things there are out there that are working and so I I'm really fortunate mm. in this more recent in the more recent years in my career to be able to work with a fabulous team of storytellers and engage with change makers across the globe to shine a light on just what's going well out there so that mm. we can attract more attention and those solutions can be replicated. Right. Oh, that's wonderful stuff. And um, uh, I'd love to learn a lot more about some of these specific examples in there. But I just wanted to, to follow up a little bit on that. Those early days, you talk about the, the military, you talk about the police. What are some of the key lessons that you took from those environments, uh, both in terms of what you've brought through your career and maybe one or two things that you might have le gladly left behind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I had some incredible experiences during my early career for which I'm really grateful for. Um, when I was in Iraq, I 
was really privileged to serve alongside local Iraqi civilians as we worked to reestablish the rail infrastructure in southern Iraq. And it was a really interesting few months because culturally, there was the potential for there to be real challenges in us working together. As a woman, um, my chain of command were very mindful that it might actually be be impossible for us to overcome some of those cultural barriers. Mm-hmm. But the reality was quite quite to the contrary. And actually, the fact that I was female actually opened some doors in our collaboration that just wouldn't have been possible in other, any other circumstances. And so I think that really sowed a seed for me around thinking about looking at situations in a different way, not assuming that Mm. a certain set of circumstances is going to result in a particular outcome, but really being curious, being really being open minded and looking for the common ground, you know, looking for the fact that although you might appear to be from very different worlds, actually as humans, there's so many things that unite us. And, And so I think that I think was something that I learned really early on in my career. Um, And I've carried that right through. And it's really been something that's really continues to, to motivate me to focus me to, to help me understand how to overcome difficult situations and how to perform Mm. it under pressure. And so I think that's probably the second one is is around, you know, understanding your own capacity. And I think it's you know, I think that's where early in my career, having opportunities to work in very arduous situations, but with a really fabulous support network, mm. it really helped me understand how much I was capable of, mm. but also how important it is that we rely on the people around us, that we don't have to do everything ourselves. Yeah. And that's something that, again, has has really served me well as I've gone on in my career. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a story that uh, we've had a couple of people who've been in the armed forces in one way or another and uh, a good friend of mine Jimmy Burrows who was in there I think episode 10 of, of this and um, he's from a, an army background he talks a lot about that imposter syndrome in the early stages um, of walking into those battleground areas or real war zones and and you know the responsibility that's on you but actually it's the support network the team element of everybody coming together in order to perform and, and support each other, wanting to get that performance outcome, it uh, comes across strongly in all the stories I've heard in the uh, right. from the armed forces. It, it, it's sounding like that's a, a very similar feeling that you've you've had in your past. Yeah, completely. And I think in the in the armed forces, it's very intentional. It's something that you are aware of from the very moment that you join up and right. you um, experience it throughout your training and. So it's really never in any doubt. And I think that's something that you learn to really value. And I think it's something that people really miss when Mm. they leave the armed forces. But equally, I think it's something that can be replicated in other settings. It just requires a real sense of purpose and intent in doing that. And it requires a vigilance to continuing to maintain those practices that enable that trust to to prosper. Um, It doesn't happen automatically. You can't just assume that that kind of environment is going to suddenly materialize because you want it to. Um, And that's where I think, you know, we can all as individuals reflect on our own daily practices, how we're showing up as a leader, how we're showing up as a follower, how we're helping create spaces for people to do their best work. 
but that's something that we need to do every day and it's something that we need to continue be continually learning about and responding to and and admitting that we don't have all the answers you know I think that's one of the biggest challenges for leaders is that there's some there's an unwritten assumption or or maybe in some contexts it's actually it is written but there's this assumption that leaders need to have all the answers yeah. and actually the very best leaders in my from my perspective are the ones that admit that admit that they don't mm. you know they're really excellent listeners yeah. not just you know going through the motions but actually really actively listening and creating the space for people to bring their best ideas mm. um but then they're also they also have the the humility to 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 elevate those people that are that are coming up with answers not having to present every answer as their own and i think mm. that's where the leaders that have inspired me the most are the ones that have had that humility to really bring the whole team into the situation and again you know that's something that i some of my experiences in the humanitarian sector really taught me a lot um i have I had a real light bulb moment once sitting barefoot on the floor of a community center in rural Myanmar. Um, no shoes on, mm. so no business suits, no PowerPoint presentations, but just sitting on the floor with local women as we discussed some of the challenges around in ensuring the safety of their families during the on ongoing conflict. And it was just so fascinating to me because whilst none of these women held any kind of formal title as a leader, they were clearly the leaders within their community and they clearly had answers. They knew what they needed to keep their communities safe. The challenge was that nobody was listening, certainly on not, not on an international level. And I think as I reflect on how we become more effective as individuals, as organizations, whether that's on a kind of micro community, organizational or, or global level, it all comes back to listening. And we, we hear that term so much. And I think if you asked anybody if they were a good listener, I, I would say 99% of them would say yes. And yet the reality is that, that not many of us are, and I include myself in that. I, it's something that I'm really committed to be better at. But I think that's where we, again, have to really reflect on our own practice. You know, what is it that we're doing? So, so much of the time we are thinking about what we're going to say next, how we're going to respond to what somebody has said. And some of the really the most transformative leadership and performance spaces from my perspective are the ones where there's this real commitment to listening, right. this real commitment to making the space, not passing judgment immediately, but making the space for people to be able to verbalize their ideas or the challenges or their proposed solutions, whatever it might be. But that's, I think, a practice where the most progressive organizations and the most progressive leaders have have are really doing things differently yeah yeah I, i've reflected a, a number of times having worked in the consultancy world a, a while it's uh you know i found it quite frustrating at times that all i was doing was relaying the answers that were already in the organization up the chain and they were better answers because they'd been paid for um and it's like just speak to your people you know the answers mm -hmm. are there um and that's you know, there's a lesson there, but also there's a, a value in connecting those two areas as well. So it's like, do you, you want people to talk to each other directly? But if they're not, then there is value in helping them to, to connect through some medium or other, isn't it? 
No, it's just, I, I think one of the things also that um, really stands out to me in the work that I do with ripple effect images mm. is focusing and in, focusing attention on solutions. And, right. I, and when I think at, you know, at a global scale, when you think about the news headlines that we read and the content that we consume, such a huge part of it is dominated by problems, challenges, mm. victims, difficulties. And the reality is what we've seen from our travels around the world by being out in the community in all different parts of the globe is that there's so many things that are going well, so many things that are working, they just don't get the attention. And so, you know, whether you're a, a small business, whether you're a large corporation, whether you're a nonprofit or whether you're a social enterprise, if you're a school, if you're a healthcare provider, in all of those spaces, there's things that are going well. Mm. And I think if you can find ways in which to shine a light on what's working and make that the magnet for mm. your time and your effort and your attention and your energy, then that's you know, where you can have a ripple effect. That's where you can ripple out those solutions rather than allowing the problems to just suck away all of your all of your energy and resources. And so that's, you know, the that's where we're coming from with ripple effect images is, you know, let's really shine a light on what's working. Let's really elevate and amplify the change makers that are getting it done. Um, and they might be, you know, they might be working at relatively local level within their community right now in the same way that in an in an organization they might mm. be working just within their team yeah. but if you can find ways to ripple that out if you can find ways to replicate what's working yeah. then you can see a real shift in performance yeah that scaling of success is a, is a mm -hmm. critical one isn't it yeah mm -hmm. i know um yeah I've, I've certainly been involved in a lot of that one of the key lessons i got from my time at mclaren was that focus on what's working well if you understand mm -hmm. what's working well you can do mm -hmm. more of it and yes. you can do that and uh, and i often like to start any kind of session uh, particularly um reflection sessions or retrospectives and things like that from uh, an organization i'm working with it's like what's worked well Let's mm -hmm. focus on that first. Mm -hmm. Let's be positive because there's such an intrinsic element to us in terms of mm -hmm. what's happened that didn't we, we didn't plan for, what went badly, what how have things gone wrong. It's actually, let's focus on the good stuff, and yeah, we, we want to get yeah. rid of the bad stuff, but let's focus on the good stuff so we don't design it out and we scale it up. Right, and you're creating those learning environments where the energy is being channeled in the right way. You know, mm -hmm. if a learning environment is focused only on learning from mistakes um then you know it just brings a different kind of energy but if a learning environment can still learn from those mistakes but can channel that towards how that is you know amplifying and elevating the solutions then it you know that has the potential to generate you know even more positive outcomes brilliant so let's hear a little bit more about ripple effect then in terms of Who's it helping? How do you help them? You know, if anybody's watching this on the YouTube channel, you'll see the the photo uh, behind Liz there. You know, the, the power of images is is, mm -hmm. is seems to be the thing that you're really grasping onto, isn't it? Yeah, Ripple was established. It was founded about about twelve years ago by Annie Griffiths, who is a really accomplished National Geographic photographer who has photographed all across the globe, um, and she really really is incredibly talented but what she noticed as she was moving around the world is exactly what i just described is that how many of the women would 
were the you know were the change makers within the community who were who were coming up with ways to overcome the day-to-day challenges that they faced mm. whether that related to healthcare whether that was education it could be economic empowerment water and sanitation in all different areas they were really driving solutions and they were paying it forward to their community you know if you in, investment in one woman she would pay it forward to her family her community and so it continues And Annie got together a number of her National Geographic colleagues and over the past 12 years or so, Ripple's really been shining a light on exactly those women, Mm -hmm. those women that are out there in parts of the globe that are really getting it done. And by creating content to elevate and amplify these solutions it attracts resources so that they those programs can be replicated they can maybe be um expanded or they could be replicated in another part of the world and have a ripple effect um and that's exactly what we continue to do um and the Today, we're really working on how we can reach even wider audiences. One of the things that we're really mindful at Ripple is it's one thing telling a story to people who are already completely sold on the issue. Mm. Um, But if we can find ways to reach people in other spaces, people that perhaps aren't aware of some of the challenges that we're shining a light on, if we can reach those people, then we really have a, the potential to make a difference. Yeah. Um, and that's so that's what we're doing. Uh, last year, Ripple's latest film, Mapping Survival, was recognized at a number of film festivals across the globe. We got we got our content in front of much wider audiences, and we're really seeing how that is having an impact on the work that we do, on the work that our partners do. Um, yeah, if you if we've got a moment, I can transport you to Chad, where the film was set, and, right. and Hindu Umari Ibrahim, who's a perfect example of the kind of change makers that I was describing earlier. She's a nomadic woman from Chad who, against the odds, got an education and now brings together her uh, indigenous knowledge mm. along with kind of technical knowledge to use 3D mapping to map water sources in rural Chad. Um, Water scarcity is a huge challenge in that part of the world. And Hindu is just an incredible example of how she's bringing together different types of knowledge, indigenous knowledge, technical knowledge, to solve a very real problem for her community, for her country, for the region. And the film has enabled Hindu to reach so much wider an audience with her message. Um, she's really quite an extraordinary person and we we feel so lucky to have worked with her. But it's just an example of what can happen if you can reach people with stories of solutions. Yeah. Uh, and as you say, you know, that those the problems that are being faced aren't just for Chad in that or that region in Chad, the lack of water or being able to find and resource that water is uh, it's a global uh, issue, isn't it? So if you can have that ripple effect and scale, just the, it doesn't have to be the exact solution either, does it? It's the learnings, the approach, maybe some of the technologies that can be adapted and then adopted. That's the exactly. It has a very kind of practical level to it, and the, and in the work that we do here at Ripple, sometimes we're telling stories that enable a non-profit or an organization to 
reach wider audiences in order to mobilize resources. Sometimes yeah. it's about advocacy and reaching more people with a particular message. It really depends on the organization and their objective, but at the heart of all of it is storytelling. And I think that's something for me when it comes to performance mm. that I'm deeply passionate about. So the work that I do with Ripple is focused on using storytelling to enable change makers and nonprofit organizations to reach wider audiences with their story. But I also support a number of individuals in terms of reframing their internal story, their internal narrative to better serve themselves. You know, we, we all tell ourselves stories every single day from the moment we wake up, we're telling ourselves a story, we have a narrative running in our head. Mm-hmm. And then we are looking at the world around us, finding, trying to find evidence points to back up our story. But sometimes that story is just not serving us. Sometimes that story is based on something that's happened in the past. Sometimes it's based on something that we think we aspire to in the future. And so all of that storytelling that's going on all the time can really impact people. And so another way in which um, I seek to serve people in the world is, is helping them understand their story and helping them reconnect with the difference that they wanna make in the world. Um, enabling them to ensure they're channeling their energy mm. in a way that aligns with that and ensures that they can maintain their own well-being so that they can increase their impact even further. What I've seen over and over again is that people who are very purpose-driven, often people who are in caring professions, whether that's healthcare, education, humanitarian, military, oh. And then alongside that, maybe a parent or a carer for an elderly relative, people who work in those kind of roles day in, day out, sometimes at the detriment of their own well-being. And that can be that can really have an impact on their performance and their ability to continue to have the impact that they want to have in the world. And so it just becomes a a downward spiral. And so the work that I do with some of the, the people that I coach is around how can we rework that story so that it serves you better so that you can continue to have the impact that you want to have in the world but also you can do that in in a way that it, it, your own well-being is is maintained and your energy levels are, are high so that's another part of what I do which I absolutely love because I feel so I feel such a such a strong alignment with people who work in service of others. And, and I think they're people that need particular support to ensure that they're not doing that to the detriment of their own well-being. Mm, definitely. I mean, it's been a common theme in some of the conversations we've had and one that I, my next question looks to probe into a little bit, which is uh, how do you help your own performance? You know, where do you go to make sure that you have your cup filled and don't mm-hmm. expend all that energy there? Who do you go to or, or what do you do to help yourself perform? Absolutely. And, you know, this is something I've been more intentional about as I've got older. Mm. When I was in my 20s and probably my early 30s, I was just, I had a mindset of, I just need to do more. I need to work harder. I need to connect with more people. I need to put more hours in, more, more, more. And at some point, um, I realized that that just wasn't sustainable. And now I have, you know, I have, I'm much more intentional about it. Mm-hmm. I have three coaches right now for the, for the 
for different things. Um, I'm working on growing Ripple as a nonprofit. I have a coach that's helping me there. Um, there are other elements of my life where coaches are supporting me. And so I think just having that outside perspective, having someone who can just challenge you to 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 get behind your own decision making, like what's mm. driving the decisions that you're making and what's driving the behaviors that you're that that are showing up for you on a daily basis. So I do believe in 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 having those external people that can help hold you account accountable. I also have a wonderful accountability partner that I meet with every Friday. We take a walk um, on the phone. She's on an, in another state and we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. And I think that just that weekly check-in is just a checkpoint that really works for me on a personal level. And then I think that the other area which you really can't underestimate is having having networks of people where you have a shared interest. Mm -hmm. um, I'm within a couple of networks, which means so much to me. They're support networks, they're people who share their own challenges, which brings a sense of community. I, 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 again, I think when I was earlier in my career, I didn't really feel like I needed that. I was like, mm. I can do this all myself. <laughs> and as the years have gone by, I've really seen the value in in those shared communities, those shared safe spaces. Yeah. Um, and so those are people that I value enormously. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can certainly echo some of that, uh, particularly as I've gone out to um, to work on my own over the last couple of years. And it's... Uh, you know, thinking you can do it all yourself and then you connect with certain people and it's just like wow not only are people going through the same thing as you but they can help you along the way and people's generosity just comes through in those areas as well doesn't it it really does and i i had such a wonderful experience last week i'm part of a virtual expedition um, that's been underway for about nine months now brings together 24 women from across the globe to find approaches to leadership that resonate with women, mm. um, finding more inclusive approaches that that really will be more appealing to a wider range of people that might not be drawn to current leadership models that perhaps aren't a good fit for everybody. But that was a great example of that shared community and, and making the time to listen and share and build that trust you know these aren't things that can just these aren't environments that can just come about in you know a quite a quick 30 minute zoom call right. they come they come around come about through a kind of consistent commitment to engaging with people but also we're being willing to share i think again at certain points during earlier in my career i was less willing to be vulnerable less willing to share share my own challenges or mistakes or things that I wish I'd done differently. Yeah. And I, because, you know, at that point in your career, you think you need to be invincible. You think you need to be the one that can do it all. Mm. But I've really noticed in this community and in other similar, similar communities that I'm part of is the real learning comes when people are willing to, to put themselves out there. They're willing to say, you know, this was really hard yeah. or this is where, you know, I wish I'd done it differently. And, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think if you want to be part of those communities, you've also got to be willing to be vulnerable yourself. And that doesn't always come easy to people, myself included, <laughs> but it's something that I'm trying to learn. Yeah, no, I can certainly echo on that one. <laughs> um, so a couple of other questions then. If you could help any individual team, organization, 
um, whatever that that might be with the skill set that you've got who would you want that to be for me it's always about supporting people who are seeking to make a difference in the world people who have a solution something that they are really committed to ha to having a positive impact it's those people mm. how i can help them as an organization through storytelling with ripple effect images or as an individual through my social impact and well-being coaching it's those people to say you might be tired this might be really hard but here's some ways in which you know we can help you keep going because the world needs you and i think that's the challenge when things are hard is sometimes it just feels like you can't carry on mm. you're just tired and you think you know my only option here is to go do something else mm. um but actually those are the people that i want to help because those are the people that are really truly making a difference in the world and i want to walk beside them in, in telling their story yeah and uh, and similarly, who would you like to sit down with, maybe have a coffee, ha have a drink or a meal, and so that you can learn from them? I think my reply to this is going to be very biased by the week that I've just come back from. I mentioned that we, uh, the group of Women Emerging Virtual Expedition of Women, and we just spent a week together really doing a deep dive into what those inclusive approaches to leadership might look like. And that was it. That was the moment that I needed. Right. Just listening to people from all different sectors, all different walks of life, sharing their challenges, but also sharing their vision. Mm. And so I feel fortunate to say, well, you know, I think, Paul, I had that conversation last week um, and I'm feeling really energized. And I think it's that it's that dynamic space where people could come together and have the time to speak. You know, I think that's what we often are up against mm. these days is that some of it's real and some of it's perceived. But this constant need to do more, more, more in mm. less, less, less time. Yeah. We're always feeling like we're facing the pressure of time and that can really inhibit the meaning the the meaningful work, right. getting behind, beyond, below the surface, bouncing ideas off each other, really listening. And so I think the luxury of time to have those conversations in a way that isn't doesn't have to be kind of edited into sound bites. Um, that's that's really precious. Wonderful. Um, so how do people find out more? Where do they go to find out more about Ripple Effect? How do they contact you? Yeah, so. You can find out all about Ripple at rippleeffectimages.org. Um, there's beautiful films on there. You'll see all of the fabulous content that my team has created. You'll also find Ripple on Instagram. If you uh, search for Ripple Effect Images, uh, we have a very active Instagram account and you can see more from all of our fabulous photographers, filmmakers. There's some beautiful content, so I would urge people to check it out. If people are interested in, in coaching, especially purpose-driven people who are facing challenges with their well-being, they can check out my website, which is liz-bloomfield.com. Um, find loads more there. Again, you'll also find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm happy to, to help with anybody, especially for, for any kind of challenges that they have relating to storytelling. Wonderful. And we'll make sure, as always, that those links are in the uh, the show notes so people can go there and, and find you. I've had a look at the Ripple Effect Images site, as you say, like 
some beautiful heartbreaking at times but also truly inspiring images that are in there as well and uh, I'm going to go back and have a, another look later because it's uh, it fills the cup occasionally so uh, yeah, let, <laughs> let's carry on. Liz really appreciate you coming on today thanks for your stories and best of luck with all the great work that that Ripple Effect is doing and with your coaching as well. Awesome thanks so much Paul have a thanks. great day. You too. Thanks for listening to today's episode if you liked what you heard then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.